I am so pumped to be speaking to you guys this morning and so incredibly excited. You know, we've been going through this series of the Holy Spirit, which got me really, really excited. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys know this, but I come from a little bit more of a more charismatic background than the alliances typically. But, you know, went to a Pentecostal school, grew up in a Pentecostal church. But I remember from the moment that I stepped to this building, I was so excited to be a part of this church because we are a spirit-led church. That has always been a part of our DNA and it will always be a part of our DNA is that we are a church that is led by the Spirit. And I'm so thankful and grateful for that. And if you, if you don't know me, I am the youth pastor here. I get to speak sometimes. <laughs> so before we dig into the word today, I just want to pray. Dear God, I thank you so much that you are here, that you are in this place, that as we engage with your word today, as we read your word, listen to it, and see what you have to say, that you would be at work, that you would touch the lives of the people in this place who are ready to hear from you this morning. In your holy, wonderful name, amen. And so we're going to jump right in. I'm going to jump right into Matthew 7, 17 through 18, which says this, in the same way, Every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. And a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a good tree bear, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. So this morning, we're going to be talking about producing good fruit, which is a lot of incantations with the Holy Spirit and all these amazing things. So right away from this passage, it's, it seems pretty simple. If you're a good tree, you're going to bear good fruit. If you're a bad tree, you're going to bear bad fruit. <laughs> Pretty simple. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot produce good fruit. And there's so much behind this because, you know, I am like, I hope I'm a good fruit. I hope I'm a good fruit. I hope that I'm, I'm a good tree producing that fruit that God is asking me to produce. So I want to tell you guys a little story before we dig deeper into this. So we're going to go way back in time, like 10 years, back when I was 19. <laughs> I know that's not way back for some of you, but for some of you, you were like three, like some of my youth kids. <laughs> you know, to you guys, I feel really young. To them, I'm really old. So it's nice when I feel young again. <laughs> but, so 10 years ago, I was 19, and I was, me and my now wife were dating for about two years. If you guys who don't know, I got married pretty young. I was 20 when I got married. So I was 19, and I was, like, really considering asking Cassie to marry me. I'm like, yeah, this girl's kind of perfect, and I need to snatch her up before she realizes who I am. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so you know, I was getting ready. I looked at some rings. I had an idea which ring I wanted to buy. I was, you know, amping up to, like, drive out to Beaver Lodge to go meet with her father to ask his permission. And then I got this idea in my head. I was like, well, if I'm going to ask her earthly father, maybe I should ask her heavenly father. I was like, that's a great idea. I'm smart. I'm a genius. <laughs> and I remember I was praying. You know, I went outside. I often do most of my talking with God outside. And I was like, hey, God, 
you know, I, I love your daughter. You know, she's an incredible person. She's amazing, and I, I want to give her the best life I can. I, I like to ask your permission to marry her. And, you know, there's a lot of times in my life where I've heard, like, had a feeling in my heart, oh, this is what God is saying. This is the closest I've ever got to an audible voice of God. It wasn't, but it was pretty close. It was the most clear that I ever heard from God. And it was one word, and it was no. Yeah. And I was like, pardon me? <laughs> like, I didn't understand, you know. Like, I was like, I'm, I'm a good guy. What's going on, God? Why are you saying no? And his response was, you aren't producing good fruit. We're going to hear the rest of the story later, but... <laughs> And I'm going to leave you hanging. <laughs> you know, and as I was preparing this message, I was reminded of that story as I read this verse, which is Mark 10, 18. None is good but God alone. This is where it gets kind of confusing for me a little bit. Because God's telling us to produce good fruit, that if we're a good tree, we can produce good fruit. But now he's saying we can't be good that I am actually incapable of being good. See, that's the hard thing, right? I want to work really hard. I want to push. I want to go and I want to trust in God and I want to go, okay, God, I I will do my very best to produce these kinds of fruit that you're asking me to produce. Yet, this is a quote from Jesus. He says, none is good but God alone. Okay, so how, how do I go about this? How do I go about producing good fruit? And you know, when we say good fruit, I'm sure a lot of you are automatically thinking about Galatians 5, right? You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. And you know, we're gonna get there. But I actually wanna read the verse, passage of scripture right before that, which is Galatians 5, 16 through 21. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh, For what the flesh desires is opposed to the spirit, and what the spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. But those, these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. They are sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, the things of the like. I am warning you as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I, I, I read this, and, it, and if I read it in line with that, that, path, that Mark passed that none is good but God, then I read this and I say, oh, these are the only fruit that I am capable of producing? I am only capable of producing sexual morality, drunkenness, carousing, dissensions, quarrels. That would be a really sad place to stop, but we're not. <laughs> but what I love about this passage that it kind of already gives us a little hint of what's to come. Live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit, I say. Do not gratify the desires of the flesh. So it's already kind of giving us a little hint that we need to live by the Spirit. Because here's the wonderful thing about this, you know. You know, Mark, it said, none is good but God alone. And we know that the Holy Spirit is God. Darian talked about that a couple of weeks ago, I believe. <laughs> that means that if I live in the Spirit, 
plan. Just maybe I can get access to what God is, which is good. But yet, I don't know about you guys, but I read this passage and I like to think that I, I never go and do these things, these fruit of the flesh, but <laughs> I do. And as I read it, I, I was, you know, this is going to be a good sentence to say. As I read about the sins of the flesh, I was immediately reminded of my son. <laughs> so I have a two-year-old, and he's now at that place where he's, he's quite tall for a two-year-old, first off. And he's kind of getting into things that he shouldn't get into. Do you guys, if those are kids, I'm sure you understand. <laughs> but like the other day, I caught him with scissors. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I immediately took them out of his hands. Then my son does this thing when I take things from him, where he falls on his face, cries, and pushes himself away from me. Because <laughs> I am like the worst human being. <laughs> but what I think is really funny, though, is that like back in October, we went trick-or-treating, and Hugo fell, and he hit his face on a concrete. It was really sad, but he immediately went to me. He knew that I could help him. But it's that same child that will get into things that aren't good for him. Because he will go after what he desires. And he'll push us away. Because he doesn't always know what's good for him. But yet, in times of suffering and hardships, he will always return to those who can help and calm him. And we often act like this. You know, we, we roam in, this, in these fruits of the flesh. And then when things all of a sudden get hard, when we realize that they bring shame and pain, that's when we crawl back to God. But we aren't toddlers. Do we realize that God has something better for us? God has something much, much better than these little things. See, in Galatians 5, which is the fruit of the Spirit passage, one that I'm sure you guys all know, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another and envying each other. It's really interesting because, you know, when Darian, told, when Darian kind of laid out, and this is the passage that I chose to preach on, I read this thinking, oh, I have this verse memorized, it's going to be fine. And I read this, I'm like, oh, I only know half of that. I think so, like, I don't know about you guys, but like, you know, I went to Bible camp and we memorized these verses and I knew the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, generosity, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. That's the verse I had memorized. But then to read that there is more to it. That those who belong to Christ have been crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by it. 
So that same flesh, that same sinful desires that talked about in the passages before, we had crucified that once we believed. And that there's this amazing power when we actually rest and live in the Spirit. When we actually just sit in it. You know, I was reading this, this beautiful, uh, this theologian by the name of Craig S. Keener. And he said this quote, Paul declares that those who have God's presence living inside them by the Spirit have a new moral ability and are able to reflect the very character of God. Oh, that's awesome. That gets me excited. Because the fruit of the Spirit aren't just these magical things that God says, I will produce in you. They are the very character of God. Because I can say that about God, about all of these things, right? I can say that God is loving. God is joyful. God is peace. God is patient. God is kind. God is generous. God is faithful. God is gentle. And God is self-control. These are all attributes of God. And God is simply saying, produce them. Rest in me. Abide in me. Let me live by me. Let me guide you. And in that, I will give you a new moral ability to reflect the very character of God, which is this beautiful, beautiful thing. So the beginning, you know, I, I told you my little story about asking God for Cassie's hand in marriage. I'm going to continue that now. So how many times do you guys think I asked God? He said no five times. And every time, you know, I'd go to him like, hey, God, I'm coming back. I'm working on being more loving. Okay, God, because I knew immediately when God said, you're not producing the good kinds of fruit. I knew this is what he was talking about. It was the fruit of the Spirit. And I'd go to him like, hey, God, I'm, I'm more loving now. You got to say yes. God's like, no. Okay. So I leave and I go back. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to work on being more kind. You know, made me a little bit more patient. I'm not very, not a very patient man. You know, and I'd work on those things, and I'd come back like, "Hey, God, I'm more patient now. I'm more kind." And then he'd be like, "Nope." I'm like, okay. Well, you know, you know, I like food a lot. Maybe I need to work on self control. Yeah, I'll work on that. I'll try to eat less and maybe do some fasting. And did these things, and I went back, and God was like, "No." <laughs> Because I had a fundamental misunderstanding of what God was asking of me. And I think this is often how we, when we read this passage, when we read Galatians 5, we think, these are things that I need to work at. I need to work at being more loving. I need to work at being more kind. But that is not what God is saying. God is saying, these are my fruit. So live in me and abide in me and let me guide you. It's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that I can physically do to achieve the fruit of the Spirit because I am not good. None is good but God alone. I can try as hard as I want. I can be the most loving person. I can be the most generous person. I can empty my bank account right now and hand it over to Darian and say, here's my tithe. 
But that does not mean that I am producing the fruit of, my, fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is only found in Jesus, in the Holy Spirit, in God. And I like it how it puts this in 2 Corinthians, they put it in this way. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God, the gifts of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to them they, and are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But those who spiritually discern all things and they themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny for who has known the mind of the Lord as so to instruct him, but we have the very mind of Christ. This is what I love. You know, if we're willing to let those sins be crucified at the cross with Jesus, if we're allowed to let those sins of the flesh die with Jesus, we get the very mind of Christ. You know, Craig S. Keener said that we get a new moral ability to reflect the very character of God. When we believe in Jesus and when we abide in him, we get to rest in him. You know, neatly brought up with the old term that I heard a lot of my youth was, was what would Jesus do? <laughs> you know, I don't think they say that anymore as much. As, but in my youth, like every kid had a bracelet and all these things. But I don't necessarily, if I'm abiding in the Holy Spirit, I don't necessarily have to ask that because I already have the mind of Christ. In Psalms 1, it says this, but they delight in the law of the Lord and in the law they meditate it day and night. They are like trees planted in a streams of water which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither and all they do, they prosper. Oh yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. So I can say I'm living in the spirit all I want. But if I'm tempted by the flesh, and we're not perfect, you know, those sinful desires will come and they'll be tempting. But I want to make sure I'm not a tree that's wandering from one river into another. I'm going to plant myself in the river of the Holy Spirit. Let its streams build me. Let its streams give me an abundance of life and prosper. And if I reside myself in the fruit of the Spirit... And let the tree, let that be the thing that builds in me and grows in me and lets me produce my fruit that only comes from God. Because I cannot be good, but maybe if I reside in the stream of the Holy Spirit, maybe if I reside in the stream of Jesus, that there will be an abundance and there will be prosperity. Because that is what God has promised what God's promised. You know, I want to read Galatians 5 again, but this time I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. And I told the band to come up now. They can wait a little bit. I will call you up. I do this a lot. It's, you know, it's fine. <laughs> but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. 
It is joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures. It is kindness in action, a life full of virtue. It is faith that prevails. It is gentleness of heart and a strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that those who belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced his crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life has been put to death on the cross and are crucified with the Messiah. If the Spirit is the source of our life, we must allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives so we may never be arrogant or look down on one another for each of us is an original being, for we must forsake jealousy that diminishes the value of others. I love how this puts it. Because I can live in the spirit, but I think that says, let the spirit guide your every action. Because we are all original beings. You know, when I originally was going to talk about this, I was going to talk about how some of us will produce other fruit more than others. And I love how this passage kind of talks about that in a way. It's saying, do not look down on those who aren't as loving as you. Do not look down on those or be jealous of those who are more kind or more generous than you. Instead, live and be guided by the Spirit and let Jesus produce the fruit he's going to produce in his time. So I'd like to invite the band up now. So, you know, I, I read this passage. We read this, we read this beautiful scripture and this way that it's written. And we've been talking about these wonderful good fruit that we so much want to produce. All right, we want to produce these kinds of fruit, right? I'm not imagining this to myself. I'm not the only one in the room. But yet, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too. That God is telling me that there's an opportunity for me to produce good fruit. I just need to abide in him. I need to rest in him. I need to meditate on his word. But yet, I'm clinging onto a dead fruit. Maybe you've touched a rotten fruit before. <laughs> Ever hold a rotten banana and immediately <laughs> you pull away. That is the fruit of the flesh. It is rotten. It is gross. It is not worth holding onto but yet we hold on to it. But God has something better. You know, you know, every time I take something dangerous away from my son, I immediately will bring him something better. You know, when I take away the scissors, I don't just let him cry there. I go and I grab his favorite train. <laughs> but God, who is the perfect father, who knows better than me will give you perfect and better gifts. Today he's offering this. He's offering the gift of his fruit. And I may 
maybe some of you have this question for me. Well, how do I receive it? Now, this is something that I heard a long time ago and it always stuck with me. Is that all it takes to receive something from God is an outward action to a new inward reality. So maybe there's some people here today who have never even experienced that. Maybe there's some people here who have yet to believe in Jesus. I'm going to give them the opportunity today. And if you're here going, man, I want to produce these kinds of fruit. Man, I want to accept this guy, Jesus, who says that he died for me because you are worth everything. You are a being that is a complete original, that God made you as a being who should be loved honored and valued. That God is saying, you have an opportunity today. So I'm going to ask you to do something a little scary. Step of faith. So if you're here today, and you've never received that fruit, and you want to receive it, I'm ask you to stand. That's scary. <laughs> I know. If you're here today and you're going, man, I've known Jesus a long time. I have a good relationship with him. But I want this fruit. I'm tired of holding on to this dead fruit. I'm also going to ask you to stand. It's a step of faith. It's a step of saying, I am willing to commit to my new inward reality. of heart and a strength of spirit for these qualities are meant to be limitless I pray this blessing over this church and over your people today as we engage with who you are and the wonders of who you are in your holy name I pray amen amen well that's all I have for you this morning let's worship